Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's face it, we're all a little stressed these days. With all the distraction on what we can't do, it's time to do a little self-care at home. CBD Healthcare Company is the source you can depend on for facial, skin care, and muscle relief. Our made-in-the-USA, world-class calming body lotions, recovery creams, and anti-aging serums combine THC-free CBD extract with natural botanicals and known ingredients. CBDHealthCareCompany.com Because taking time for yourself is always a good idea. Murder on the Space Coast fans can save 20% off your order. Use promo code PODCAST at checkout. Murder on the Space Coast is brought to you by CBD Healthcare Company, the source you can trust. And now, here's John Torres with Season 5's 10th and final episode. Previously on Murder on the Space Coast, Left to Die. But if I had known that Rixie and Clark uh, had this strong uh, conviction that she was the one, it would give me so much more to explore. I was, that's where I had fallen anyway. That's where we were going with it. As a consequence, there was that line of uh, investigation that was cut off from us if we had only known about it. I mean, there was there was no physical evidence that really tied Mr. Green to the scene of this crime. And like they never really traced the bullet to figure out if it came from um, the victim's gun or if it came from another gun. They never found the murder weapon. Uh, there was no fingerprints on the car for, um, that was allegedly driven by Mr. Green for seven miles. I mean, the whole there was nothing in this case except for this dog and the the girlfriend's um, in-court identification of someone, you know, who she picked out of a photographic lineup, which, I'm sorry, was rather suggestive. I'm John Torres, and welcome back to Murder on the Space Coast, Left to Die. It's the last week of April 2020 as I write this, and we are still waiting to see how the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals will rule on Crosley Green's case. He could very well go free, or he could face an even tougher challenge in court, which I'll explain shortly. Last episode, we heard some of the arguments made by the state of Florida and Crosley's attorney, Keith Harrison of Kroll and Mooring, regarding the Brady violation and the fact that notes taken by trial prosecutor Chris White were never turned over to the defense. Remember, the notes said that the first two officers at the scene of the shooting expressed concern about Green's arrest as they felt everything pointed at Kim Halleck as being the shooter in this case. Harrison addressed the media shortly after the hearing. Here is some of what he had to say. Well, I told the family that your argument went as we expected it might, um, that the judges were interested and attentive and uh, well-prepared, and that we thought the argument went well, as well as we could have hoped. 
As you heard last episode, State Prosecutor Kelly Nealon argued that the issue of the notes was time-barred because it had been raised previously and that the issue had already been decided during earlier hearings in the case. For me personally, it felt as if the state was grasping at straws, doing anything in its power to defend Crosley Green's conviction. And well, I don't think I was alone in my assessment. Here's Keith Harrison again. Well, that's the state's main argument. It's not the merits of the case, it's procedure and technicality, which, you know, is a good argument if you can't argue the merits. It's frustrating. Um, it, it is frustrating, but I think we have the better arguments um, on even the procedural issues. So, um, you know, it's part of the process, and the other side, you know, the state gets, gets to make the arguments they think are appropriate. Harrison's comments reminded me of something he told me in early 2019 when I started to do interviews and research for this podcast. I remember asking him if, in his heart of hearts, he believed Crosley Green would ever taste freedom again. Well, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't have a lot of confidence um, in our system of justice that um, eventually, um, eventually justice will, will be done. So, um, you know, that's what we're working for. And that's what, um, you know, we hope will happen. Again, I'm not, you're right, I'm not going to make any prediction. Um, but I think, you know, there's an old saying that Martin Luther King uh, was fond of, which says the, the arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice. Hmm. And so this has been a long road, but I think in the end, I'm hopeful that justice will be done. I love that. He's right. The quote was a favorite of Dr. King's. It was originally written by Theodore Parker, an American theologian from the 1800s whose words inspired not only King, but also Abraham Lincoln. The full quote goes like this. I do not pretend to understand the moral universe. The arc is a long one. My eye reaches but little ways. I cannot calculate the curve and complete the figure by the experience of sight. I can divine it by conscience. And from what I see, I am sure it bends toward justice. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. Stressed out? Need a little self-care at home? CBD Healthcare Company skincare products deliver soothing relief and relaxation. Treat yourself. You deserve it. The CBD and CBD Healthcare Company's world-class formulated skincare products enhances the effectiveness of your typical skincare regimen, reduce the signs of wrinkles, remove dead skin cells and impurities, bring your skin to a healthy and radiant state. Self-care. Skincare at home. Visit CBDHealthCareCompany.com. Skincare products made in the USA. So assuming the arc really does bend toward justice that Crosley Green will one day go free. I asked him about freedom and the things he missed and the things he'd like to do. But first, I had to ask him straight out if he is innocent of these crimes. Are you an innocent man in prison? Yes, I am an innocent man in prison. And I'm, I'm hoping and praying that I get that chance to prove that. Then I posed the same question to him that I had previously posed to his attorney. Do you think you will ever walk out of here a free man? Yes. Why? Why do you feel that way? <laughs> Why I feel that way? I feel that way. I, I, listen, I, I have so much confidence in the Lord 
You know what I'm saying? One day he's going to set me free. One day he set me free. It's on his time. It's not my time. It's his time. So it's his time. That's funny. That's the exact same thing that William Dillon told me when I visited him uh, at Union Correction, I think it was. He, uh, he said that it's not in my time. It'll happen in God's time, but he's going to set me free. It's, it's happening in his time. So what's the first thing you're going to do if you get out of here a free man? First thing I'm going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm going to fall down on my knees outside the gates. It depends on where I'm located when I walk past them gates yeah. as a free man. But I'm going to give the Lord thanks. Wow. You know, that's the first thing we'll do. Wow. Give the Lord his thanks. I pressed him further and asked if there was anything he was really craving to do. Well, I, I'm, I crave for a lot of meals. I crave for a lot of things that I want to do. Yeah. But uh, I'll be more interested in getting back and paying my respects to my sister. Yeah. She buried back in, uh, in Titusville? Yes. And then our conversation turned to food. I remember talking to William Dillon before he was exonerated, and he told me that he never, ever, ever wanted to eat rice again. After nearly 28 years in prison, he had eaten his fill for a lifetime. You want me to tell you what I really want to eat? I want me some homemade macaroni and cheese. Okay. I want me some collard greens. Right. <laughs> I want all the food that I don't get, that I was getting. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That country that, that country, country southern, you know, yeah, yeah, that's southern you know, like soul food almost, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. That's what I want. Yeah, well, that sounds good. But I do want me some macaroni and cheese, but I want my sister to cook it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. the way she cooks it, she goes and get a block cheese. Oh, and she don't, you know, it's not the cheese already mixed with the macaroni. Right. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, it's the real thing. It's the real thing. Yeah. That's what I want. I want the real thing. That sounds good. And I want, yeah, I want me some collard, like I said, I want me some collard green, smoked neck bones, stuff like that. In case you were wondering, my conversations with Crosley steered away from the particulars in this case because, well, because the case is under appeal and it's typical practice for attorneys not to allow clients to talk about the case until things are resolved. I didn't have the heart to ask Crosley what might happen if the 11th Circuit ruled against him. But his attorney, Keith Harrison, addressed a best-case and worst-case scenario right outside the federal courthouse in Jacksonville, Florida, after the March hearing. The best case is that in two months, the court rules in our favor um, that the district court got it right. Um, and at that point, we would move for Crosby's immediate release from prison. Now, of course, the state would then have 90 days to decide whether to try Crosley again for the kidnap and murder of Chip Flynn. But what if the court rules in favor of the state? Well, the worst case is that the court rules against us, in which, um, in which case our next move will be to either uh, ask the entire 11th Circuit Court to hear the case en banc, means the full court, so en banc is French for on bench, and legally it refers to a hearing before the entire bench. So what Harrison is saying is that he could call for a vote to be taken by the judges whether to allow an en banc hearing. If approved, then the arguments would be made again in front of the entire panel of 11th Circuit judges, instead of just a panel of three 
who just heard this case. Now, in an earlier episode, you heard Keith Harrison say that he and his law firm were in this for the duration because of how strongly they feel about Crosley Green's innocence. And judging by what he said outside the courthouse, oh, he wasn't kidding. Um, or alternatively, um, or if that en banc is denied, then we would request the Supreme Court um, hear the case. It's absolutely that important. And I think this is the type of case where if the 11th Circuit does not rule in our favor, you know, there's a shot the Supreme Court could take it up because this is a classic unconstitutional violation. Um, and it's the type of case that we're, you know, we, we hope not to have to ask the Supreme Court to take this case up. Um, but it presents the, the, the facts and the level of importance that the Supreme Court might be receptive to. But we're hoping never to get there. We're hoping to win, um, win here. Catch that? Harrison said he's ready to take this case all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. But of course, for that to happen, Crosley would have to remain in prison until then. Something that could take years. We'll be back in a jiff after we pay some bills. Let's face it, we're all a little stressed these days. With all the distraction on what we can't do, it's time to do a little self-care at home. CBD Healthcare Company is the source you can depend on for facial, skin care, and muscle relief. Our made-in-the-USA, world-class calming body lotions, recovery creams, and anti-aging serums combine THC-free CBD extract with natural botanicals and known ingredients. CBDHealthCareCompany.com Because taking time for yourself is always a good idea. Murder on the Space Coast fans can save 20% off your order. Use promo code PODCAST at checkout. So what happens now? Well, we wait and wait until a ruling is issued. If the court rules in Crosley's favor, I would be absolutely floored if the state chooses to try him again. When William Dillon was granted a new trial, he was released to his family, but he was forced to wear a GPS ankle monitor and had to adhere to numerous rules, including no alcohol and an early curfew. I felt then that there was no way the state could try him again. And I was right. Nearly four weeks later, the state announced that they would not retry him making Dylan an absolutely free man after nearly 28 years in prison for a murder he did not commit. Now, prosecutors never said at that time that they thought Dylan was innocent, just that they would not be able to effectively prosecute him again. He was later cleared when the sheriff's office identified four men they said were responsible for the killing. Crosley's case, in my opinion, is even more clear-cut. What would the state have to present in court? Well, they certainly would no longer have the testimony of Sheila Green, Lonnie Hillary, Alan Jerome, Murray, and Timmy Curtis. All recanted. They would no longer have dog handler junk science that claimed to have tracked a pair of sneakers, not belonging to Crosley, by the way, from the park to Crosley's sister's house. They still would have no fingerprints, no clothing fibers, no blood, no shell casings, no footprints at the orange grove. And most importantly, the state would no longer have the unfair advantage of not disclosing prosecutorial notes to the defense. This would allow Green's attorneys to question first responders, former Sheriff's Deputy Mark Rixey, and former Sheriff's Sergeant Diane Clark on the stand about the notes. Remember, Clark was never even called to testify at trial. I caught up with her after she attended the March hearing in Jacksonville. She explained why she was there and the importance of those notes. I never testified in the original case, and I was 
very interested in seeing justice served, and I, I think he's been in prison for a long time for something that I don't believe he did. And I just felt it was important that there be some support. Yeah. Had, had they, had he had the notes from Chris White, I believe this would have been a very different, different. It would have been a more thorough investigation, and I think it would have been a very different outcome. Her words were echoed by Crosley's attorney, Keith Harrison. If these notes would have been turned over, then Crosley Green would have had a, a chance at a fair trial. And the results would have been different. The results would have clearly been different if the notes had been disclosed. And uh, that's all Crosley's ever asked for, was a fair trial. I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, but there's no way that the state retries Crosley Green, right? What could they possibly present as their case? Kim Halleck? As you know, I've reached out to her for comment and I have not heard back. So as far as we know, she hasn't changed her story. I mean, she hasn't changed it since the trial. To be clear, Kim has always insisted that Crosley Green is the killer. What she wasn't clear about was exactly what happened that night. There were several versions of her story early on. We also know that she wasn't very truthful lying about her drug use that night, never mentioning having sex with Chip that night, telling police that the black assailant tied Chip's hands behind his back, and then telling Deputy Wade Walker that it was she who tied the hands. And remember the scene as described by the police? The clothes laid out like a blanket. And to kidnap the pair, Crosley Green had to drive a stick shift, even though he doesn't know how, while holding a gun on his victims. Then there was the seemingly improbable way that she described Flynn hurling himself headfirst from the car while firing his revolver from behind his back in bound hands. It goes on and on. Maybe the state would pin their hopes on DNA. Remember, they do have mitochondrial DNA results from two hairs found in Chip's truck that can't rule out anyone who shares the same maternal bloodline as Crosley's mother. And it turned out that Crosley's brother, O'Connor, had driven the truck in the past when it belonged to someone else. Here's private eye Paul Cialino. Remember, it was his work very early on in this case that brought it national attention. I asked him what he thought about the state trying this case again. Uh, I, we, listen, they, they, they want to try that case again, they'll get their asses whipped. So I, I'm assuming if Crosley lives... Uh, he'll be able to get out of jail at some point. But he should have been out a couple of years ago. They're just delaying the in inevitable and torturing him. Yeah, wow. I mean, the state knows what they're going to do. The state has no case. They have no witnesses. And there's not a chance a jury is going to convict him again. I don't know if it had any bearing on the state eventually dropping charges in the William Dillon case. But I'll always remember that his attorney, Mike Parolo, had threatened to bring up fraudulent dog handler John Preston and expose what he referred to as the blatant misconduct by the prosecutor's office during that time period. Preston, who was featured during the first two seasons of Murder on the Space Coast, worked with law enforcement and prosecutors to build cases when there was little other evidence during the early 1980s. He made outlandish claims like his dog could sniff out cars moving on a highway, or even sniff out something underwater. He also actually performed a dog track in a Brevard County case eight years after the murder. Eight years. Numerous people came forward during that time and told prosecutors not to use him because he was a fraud and were ignored. It wasn't until he failed a simple tracking test set forth by a Brevard County judge that he left town for good. He was later exposed as a total charlatan and fraud, and the Arizona Supreme Court overturned all the cases he had ever worked on there. Maybe Crosley Green's attorneys can threaten the same thing. 
maybe they can call former prosecutor Chris White and ask him how it's possible that he was involved in all the overturned cases of Juan Ramos, Wilton Dedge, and William Dillon, and the very troubling cases involving Gary Bennett and Crosley Green. I mean, what was going on in the state attorney's office here in Brevard County during the 1980s? We know about three bad prosecutions for certain, and numerous other cases raise serious red flags. It makes you wonder how many other innocent men might be in prison. Again, I've tried to reach out to Chris White for his side, but he's not responded. And so that's where we remain, stuck in this holding pattern. Keith Harrison told me he expected a ruling from the court within two to three months of the hearing. We would hit that three-month mark on June 12th. Crosley Green has been waiting for a fair shake for 31 years. But there's nothing left for us to do at this point except wait and see what happens. When something does, you'll hear it here first. Thank you so much for listening to Murder on the Space Coast, Season 5, Left to Die. I'd like to thank my editor, Mara Bellaby, my producer, Rob Landers, intern, Olivia McElvey, digital producer, Jennifer Sanglang, and everyone else who pitched in on the podcast. Thanks for listening to Murder on the Space Coast, brought to you by Florida Today, a part of the USA Today Network. Until next time, I'm John Torres, signing off. Stressed out? Need a little self-care at home? CBD Healthcare Company skincare products deliver soothing relief and relaxation. Treat yourself. You deserve it. The CBD and CBD Healthcare Company's world-class formulated skincare products enhances the effectiveness of your typical skincare regimen, reduce the signs of wrinkles, remove dead skin cells and impurities, bring your skin to a healthy and radiant state. Self-care. Skincare at home. Visit CBDHealthCareCompany.com. Skincare products made in the USA. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of... uh human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.